Happy Wednesday, women of strength. We are really excited for our story today. As usual, I don't think we're ever not excited about anything, really. <laughs> but today we have a really cool story. We just uh, love our friend Liz, and she her story is really, really exciting because it was an unplanned, unassisted home birth after cesarean. And, and I'm dying to hear all of the details of this story. Liz is from Houston, Texas, and she's the mother of two boys. And her youngest boy's name is the same as my oldest boy's name. And so I just thought that that was really, really cool. And they have a dog, and she's a Montessori elementary teacher. And what is that like right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> To add like more stress to the situation, right? So we're still, we are still doing it virtually right now. And it's pretty, pretty wild, right? Because in Montessori, you're teaching three different levels at the same time. And not only are you teaching three different levels, but then every child has their own like individual path that they're on, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to do that via Zoom. <laughs> oh my is, um, it keeps you on your toes, but thank God I've been doing it for a while, right? So yeah, it's, it's a good challenge. Uh, yeah, keeping me busy. My goodness. Well, we can't wait to hear your story. But before we get into it, I'm going to read the review of the week. And the review of the week this time is from Jill Dash. Um, and it's actually a Google review. If you didn't know, you can find us on Google and just search for the VBAC link and our business will pop up on the right side. You can just click there and leave a review for us if you do not have Apple Podcasts or if you do then that would be awesome too. So Jill Dash on Google says, I started listening to the VBAC link about four weeks before my due date during the COVID-19 pandemic. Knowing I couldn't have a doula at my birth or attend in-person birth classes, I was desperate for as much knowledge as I could gain from the internet. I listened to the VBAC link on my nightly walks as I prepared for my own birth and was so inspired, encouraged, and comforted by hearing everyone's stories. There is so much to learn from this podcast. Thank you for existing. Oh my gosh, Jill Dash, thank you for existing. And thank you so much for writing this Google review. I know we probably say it all the time, but when we get reviews, Monday we get our podcast reviews, just all of them in our inbox. And then whenever you leave a review on Google, it just pops up at the time you leave it in our notifications. And it really does bring a smile to our face. I know it's turned my day around more than once for sure. And it makes the, the harder things about running a business like this a little more bearable when we get those really awesome reviews. So thanks again, Jill and everyone else who's left review. And if you haven't already, go ahead to Apple Podcasts or Google or even head over on Facebook and leave us a rating and let us know how the VBAC link is helping you on your birth journey or as a birth worker. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Do you want a VBAC but don't know where to start? 
It's easy to feel like we need to figure it all out on our own. That's what we used to do, and it was the loneliest, most ineffective thing we have ever done. That's why Megan and I created our signature course, How to VBAC, the ultimate preparation course for parents that you can find at the VBAClink.com. It is the most comprehensive VBAC preparation course in the world, perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. Together, Megan and I have helped over 800 parents get the birth that they wanted, and we are ready to help you too. Head on over to the VBAClink.com to find out more and sign up today. That's the VBAClink.com. See you there. All right. Well, you guys, I don't even know enough details about this story to even start telling the story for her. So I guess that's a good thing. But I'm going to turn it over to Liz to start sharing her story with us. And I am going to be sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to hear the details of this really exciting story. So go ahead and take it away. Cool. I think, um, I think it's important to kind of tell, you know, the highlights of the birth of my first son first. So my older son is almost exactly two years older than my son who was just born. They're two years and six days apart. So with my older son, he was, I'm trying to think of where to begin. So first off, he was a week, you know, quote unquote late, which as someone who's been through pregnancy and birth twice now, understanding that that's no big deal. But when you're in your first pregnancy (laughs) can seem like the longest amount of time ever. So I had an OB who seemed to be pretty pro-natural birth. And then throughout the time of my pregnancy, it came became more clear that she was not as supportive of that and letting things kind of run its natural course as I was hoping. And then I had found a doula who... I think was not really much of a doula. (laughs) So she was a wonderful massage therapist, but when it came to knowing me, having a relationship with me, giving me advice on anything, I didn't really, I didn't really have that. So it sounds like Julie's first doula. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My husband calls her the most expensive foot rub I ever had because she rubbed my feet for an hour in labor and, I mean, she was great. She's a nice person. She's not a doula anymore. I think I was her last birth. So like, she might've just been like, I'm out of here after See, that. But um, it's funny but that yeah. you say that. I feel like, yeah, this was kind of the end of the run as well. There were, and I'll get more into it as I talk about my experience with, with my, my second son. But it's one of those things that like, if you don't have a frame of reference, you're like, well, I guess, I guess this is how it works. Right. You know, like if you, if you don't have a lot of other people that you can go and talk to. And so she had a lot of kind of boundaries around being a doula in that, like, I was only, you know, to see her like one time. And like, if my labor went, yeah, like if my labor went over like a certain amount of time, then like that would cost and, you know, exponentially more. So there's like a lot of stress going on, right? Oh, and it was, oh gosh, this was the other thing. It would cost more for her to come to my house first and labor with me at home and then like go to the hospital with me as well, which is like a pretty weird thing considering the fact that. We lived down the street from each other. I was going to say, was she like in another like super far away city? (laughs) 
No, we're literally what? in the same neighborhood and we live in the medical district. Like it, like it was just so with that all being oh. said, you know, I didn't have a lot of guidance. So I, with my first son experienced a lot of what I came to have found out is like prodromal labor, right? Laboring at night, going through the whole process of like contractions that feel very legitimate and have pattern. But then waking up in the morning and your body just going, well, it's time to go back to work, right? And just slowing down again. And so that went on for a while until I went into, I guess, what, you know, seemed like full on labor. So I'm texting my my doula. She's, you know, just kind of text me back. We're talking about it. And then they get to the the suggested five minutes for an hour situation, right? So I go to the hospital and I'm like not even near ready to be even admitted. Like I don't even think I was two centimeters. So they they um they sent me back home and they said, don't even come until like you're two, you're two minutes apart because you're so close and like, you know, you you're gonna have lots of time. Yeah. Um and 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 so that was really good advice. You know, hours went by, whatever. They got closer. I think the thing that I didn't and, and I'll get into it more when I'm in my talking about my second birth, but like these were totally manageable contractions. Like were they contractions? Sure. Was I like needing to moan through them or like bend over? Not even close. So I think that that's notable. That Did you your doula have- like give you any advice? Like, yeah, I think <laughs> it's time to go. Or like, actually, I think it'd be beneficial to do this, this and this and then reassess or anything mm-hmm. like that. No, she was very um, hard to get a hold of, and and you'll understand why in a minute. (laughs) So, (laughs) no, so I, you know, it was just like, okay, we'll go if you want to. So then I go back, and and like I'm barely a three, but they admit me. And once I get admitted, I, I text her, and I'm like, hey, I'm here, like, you know, ready for you when you're ready to come. And then she decides that, like, now is the time to tell me that she's in another birth. What? Um, Oh, Right. <laughs> okay. So, so not um, being totally honest along the way. Right. Like I think, you know, I always try to, I always try to think that like it probably came from not with any with anyone. I try to consider that they're probably coming from a place, a good place, right? So she was probably trying to not upset me, but yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But at the same time, being honest is is good. And so the deal was that, you know, if this were to happen, because this happens all the time, as y'all know, as people who work in in the birth industry, you'd have backups, right? And, 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 but instead of a backup doula, she sent like one of her um, massage therapists, which was, you know, awesome and felt nice. But this person didn't have a lot of a lot of experience when it came to birth stuff. I'm trying to, I'm actually backing up and remembering that this, I went into labor the day that they were going to induce me because I was quote unquote late. So we get to the hospital, of course, you know, all the checking in, everything like labor stalls, right? Like it totally does all the time. And this is when I found out that my OB was really not on board because she goes, hey, well, you know, we were already going to induce you today. So we might as well just start some Pitocin. What? Um, Right. (laughs) 
we might as well just start some Pitocin, you know, because you're, you know, you're not, you're not like in full labor. And she then decides to tell me my OB that she has to leave soon and get this guys. You're going to love this because she had to get her windshield of her car repaired. (laughs) So (laughs) I, um, um, Okay. Do you know what? I guess nothing because I'm just kind of at a loss for words. I thought I had words, but I just don't have words. (laughs) That makes me so, so like it makes my skin crawl. Right. It just makes all doulas look bad. Well, it's no, frustrating, is- like, because for me, I don't know, maybe... No, but that's just the OB, not the doula. Yeah. The OB. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's order. just okay. unique. No, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. like, this is the frustrating thing. So, obviously, like, doula and providers, and we're all different, but, like, this just happened the other day with a client of mine. So, I was going to her birth, and she called her provider, and her provider's phone went right to a voicemail and was like, here, call this person. I'm out of town. And she's like, I literally saw this person yesterday and she said nothing about this Mm. and didn't even like call her. And like, I don't know why, but that like frustrated me so much because like as a doula and a provider and a person on call, I'll just say like, it's, it's hard to be on call, but at the same time, it's really important to like, if you're going to have that profession, if you're going to, you're going to be in that profession, it's important to take it seriously and be honest and open and not just not show up. You know what I mean? I, like, yeah, I it's think just frustrating this, me. I think there's this thing of like, when you've worked in, in a profession, like especially healthcare for so long, like you just, you don't even realize that it's the other person's like first experience with it. And so you're like, yeah, well, I'm going on vacation because whatever. And it would like, doesn't even occur not not excusing this but more just kind of understanding that like this happened a lot to me with like nurses and you know just the way people would talk about your birth and your experience that is like so new and fresh and terrifying to you in so many ways and like having someone not even like you're not even on their radar you know you're like listen this is my first time these things are scary I've never done this it's it's all new like please talk in a gentle way. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I do not know. I did not know. And this is not my bad, but just like, you know, new experience. Like I didn't do all this research on all of these other things because it never occurred to me that they would happen. So I never researched Pitocin and like what that would do. Right. Because I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to go like have a natural person with a stool and everything is going to be fine which yeah so Pitocin kicks in and it go it's just you know it's it's terrible and the IV infiltrate it popped out of my vein and infiltrated my arm and then I had the eye like all of the liquid going through my arm instead of into my vein were you just (laughs) puffing up it was it was terribly painful so it was like it was like it made the contractions look like nothing. And so, you know, everything goes terribly. I'm done. I've been in labor for, you know, a good amount of time now, probably 12, 15 hours or something. Doula finally shows up. And I'm at like, I'm already at my peak. Like I'm already 
on Pitocin. I've already had this infiltration. I've already had people, oh, my OB told me like, I only had a 40% chance of like giving birth naturally because my son hasn't dropped yet. Like there was just so much stuff like thrown what? at me. I know. What? what? Because he hadn't dropped yet. You weren't even, yeah. okay. Yeah, it was bad. So like Annoying. She, got, she got there and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I want an epidural. Like I, I've hit my peak, you know? Anyhow, long story short, my son in, in the most common, like overtold story, like goes into distress because that's what happens all the time <laughs> when this, you know, set of interventions gets thrown into play and ended up with an emergency C-section, which like I never prepared for and was, I don't think I was like too emotionally broken by it because at the end of the day I just wanted everyone to be safe and and he was there and it was wonderful but I didn't realize how painful a c-section is I didn't realize how completely unable I would be to walk and do things notably my husband was in a cast in his right arm at the time so like I just did not have (laughs) the support that I needed so that's that story. Kid was fine. Everything was fine. But it was very meh at the end of the day. That's just, man, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you had frustrating things like that, you know? That's just yeah, so I'm, hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm, great, I'm grateful that I'm grateful that everyone was okay. I'm grateful that, like, I don't know. I mean, I could sit here forever and talk about how terrible and horrible it was. And it was. And like, there were traumatic moments of it. And, and those, I didn't even realize I was so upset by it until I got very close to having the birth of my second son. But, mm-hmm. but what I can say is that I think what's more important is like, you should research every kind of possible situation that could happen to you in birth because so often things can go in all these different ways and I just wasn't prepared and I didn't have the support and I didn't have anyone on my, on my side. And it wasn't like, you know, my dear husband just wants me to not be in pain. Right. So he's going to do anything I say. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so, and this is something that we talk about on the podcast all the time because, you know, we share stories of all, all types, right? So we share VBAC, we share CBAC, we share Mm -hmm. uterine rupture. I mean, we really, we share, all types of birth stories and a lot of people well not I wouldn't say a lot but we have had people write us and say that it, it they actually upset them that we shared these stories and we <laughs> kind of talk about it and we say this there's the reason why we share these stories is because we want to prepare you in all the ways right so like no you do not have to listen to this story at all but it's important because we also felt like we were there too like we didn't plan on having a c-section c-section wasn't even in the midst of like what we were you know we were imagining and we didn't plan on like i mean sure julie didn't plan on getting preeclampsia like Th- that wasn't her plan. I was superwoman when I was pregnant. Right? Or like, yeah. <laughs> right. Or like, just, just things. And like, I don't know. I also didn't know the difference between a VBAC supportive versus VBAC tolerant provider. Right. And like, like, there's so many things along the way that I think it's so important that we research because 
we don't expect them to happen to us. And we hope that these things don't happen to us, but they can. Mm -hmm. And if we are prepared a little bit mentally, not like we're planning on that happening, but if we're prepared that it's a possibility, then it doesn't hit us like a freight train when it happens, if it happens. You right. Know. And it's, it's all about like informed decision-making too, right? Yes. So like you can 100% end up, you know, even not even attempting to be back. Like you can just decide, oh, you know, I want to have another C-section, but to, to be able to go through the process of understanding like, you know, what that means and, and, and what, you know, consequences either negative or positive come from that. It's just, it's a peaceful way of understanding. And I think that, I just was like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm young, I'm hip, I'm, you know, like, I'm just going to have this baby, right? And it's, there's so much of motherhood, you know, from, from breastfeeding to discipline to everything that like, it doesn't come naturally. And you do need, you do need to reach out and talk to people and ask for support and, and learn all of these different ways, because that's how you can make the decision that you can feel okay with and feel at peace with yeah exactly i couldn't agree better oh and the baby came the and end. her baby came <laughs> <laughs> so let's y'all want to dive into yep. this this crazy story let's hear it cool so i think everything about my second kid has been this like kind of exciting surprise the irony being that probably a week before we got pregnant with him, we had just sat down and had this conversation about how we were going to wait another year and it wasn't the right time right now. And, <laughs> and then surprise, there he is. So surprise pregnancy. And I just kind of assumed, you know, okay, well, I had, you know, I had a C-section with the first one. So I guess this one will be a C-section too, you know well, that's nice because then I can, you know, I can schedule it and I know when he's coming and it'll make teaching easier because I can say, oh, this is when I'm going to take off and blah, 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 blah. And it just never even occurred to me. A few people had mentioned VBAC to me and I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I had just kind of given up on that whole idea of having that type of birth because everything just went so wonky with my first kid that I was like, well, I guess that's just not in the cards for me, you know, but I did switch OBs. <laughs> so the OB that I switched to was actually the woman who ended up doing my C-section for my other child, because as I mentioned earlier, my, um, my OB had to leave. So this other doctor swooped in last minute when things were actually going awry and my kid was not doing well and saved his life. And, in the hour that I spent with her, I felt more connected to this woman than I had in the nine months that I had with my other OB. And so that's when I, you know you've met the right one. Yeah. Yes. yes. She, she was funny and we were joking around and she was holding my hand and she was just so in tune. And I just didn't even know this woman. It's like, she just randomly walks in. So I, sent her an email and I had to go through this actually kind of silly process to like switch OBs. It wasn't as simple as just saying, I like this one now. I had to get like permission. <laughs> Anyhow. So, so I switched to her and I walked in and it was just like a totally different experience right away. And she was the one who was like, so do you want to, um, 
do you want to try to go for a VBAC? Cause you're like a perfect candidate. You should, you should do this. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, you know? So went home and you know, thought about it for a while and talked with some people and I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. Like this doctor seems to think this is a good idea. So, so why not? Right. And just kept kind of going through the pregnancy in a much more calm way thinking, okay, at some point I'm going to have to start thinking about this whole feedback thing. And then as we got closer, she started talking about how, you know, interventions are to be avoided the best we can to have a successful feedback, how she wants me to stay on my feet for as long as possible. She wants me to labor at home for as long as possible. She wants me to like start working on my squats and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay. So no epidural, no pitocin. That's good. Okay. You know, thinking about it. And then I was at home and I stubbed my toe <laughs> and my sweet husband, I was like crying, not crying, crying, but like, Oh, my, my, my toe hurts. And my husband was like, there, there. <laughs> and I go, Oh my God, I have to hire a doula. <laughs> because I realized that this man was not going to be able to support me enough through <laughs> unmedicated labor. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. I was like, nope, this is, no, there, there is not going to work for me. <laughs> I, I need someone who's going to, you know, when I, when I call epidural, I'm going to need someone to say no, right? So I started researching and then it just everything started clicking. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to have a relationship with this woman. Like she's going to see me in my most vulnerable state. I should like her. We should agree on the same things fundamentally, like all these things that just didn't even occur to me when I was looking for a doula the first time. And then I met this super awesome chick named Jolie. And it was like, we talked right away. And both of us were like, Oh, this is, we are, we are, this is, this is going to be great. And she had a lot of success with feedbacks and I just loved her and everything was wonderful. And we met, I think one time, maybe twice. And in one of those first or second meetings, she mentioned, she was like, Hey, you know, we're watching this COVID thing. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. And she was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big deal, especially by, you know, you're doing May. No big deal. But just, just so you know, little like, did, did she know? Yeah. <laughs> little did anyone know? I know, right? <laughs> and she was like, I'm sure this will all be taken care of. But like, you know, you should know that in some states, like they're starting to limit hospital visitors, just like be aware of that, right? And so after long discussion, we decided as, as things got worse with COVID and especially in Houston, and actually this wasn't even, <laughs> we didn't even really get bad until July, but we decided, or I decided, my husband and I decided that it would be better for him to stay home with our older son because I didn't want someone else coming into our home and for Jolie to go to the hospital with me because I wasn't going to be able to have both of them. And I was like, if someone's going to be with me while I'm in labor, I love my husband, but I think I would rather have my doula. <laughs> so that was the plan. So then I'm trying to think. So then we got, a, I was around 39 weeks and then I just started having that prodromal labor again, like laboring patterned through the night, every 10 minutes, sometimes every eight minutes, got down to five minutes, wake up in the morning, nothing, slow down. Prodromal labor 
is terrible. We actually wrote a blog about it because a lot of people don't even know about it. Right. And there's like things you can do to help, but like sometimes it doesn't even help then. So I'm sorry that you've had this twice. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, and it just makes you feel crazy because you're like, okay, this is it. Like we should start, you know, really thinking right. about it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen tomorrow. And then you wake up and nothing. But <laughs> I think what, what ended up really happening is that like, yes, there was some prodromal labor, but what was really happening is it would seem as if it was stopping during the day, but really it was just spreading. My contractions were spreading out so much that I wasn't taking note of them. So I think really I was in, in labor a lot longer than, than I thought I was, which is why everything ended up happening the way it did. So it would happen, you know, I'd labor at night, whatever, wake up in the morning. And then it was Mother's Day. So it was Sunday, it was Mother's Day. Over the night, I was having like pretty strong contractions. Jolie had finally said, she goes, look, don't even text me or call me unless you're like, actually, like you have to moan through these contractions. Because at this point, you're just going to drive yourself crazy thinking, oh, this is it. Oh, let me text Jolie. Oh, now it's not in. We're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. And, you know, just kind of like, relax and let it happen. Oh, Man, guys, I almost skipped the best part. Ooh, that would have been rough. Okay, <laughs> back up. She came over on Saturday before Mother's Day. And she said, can you think of anything like emotionally that is keeping you from like maybe fully going into labor? And I was like, no, I think, I, I think I'm really good. Like, I think I feel really comfortable and confident about all of this. And she was like, well, why don't you just, you know, take a long bath tonight and just kind of like, maybe find a way to let some emotional release happen. Maybe you watch a movie that, you know, always makes you cry or listen to a song or something like that. So I went and took a bath. And when I was in the bath, I started talking to the baby and I was like, Hey kiddo, you know, it's time. Like we're ready. I'm almost 40 weeks. You can come out now. And through that conversation, I started, I told my husband, I said, it felt like I was, reciting a monologue like this memorized monologue of a character that wasn't even me because it felt like so it was so tucked away in my feelings that I didn't even know I felt this way and I started talking about how I didn't know who this baby was and he was just this this stranger who was coming in and you know I was so sad about losing my alone time with my with my older son and how I, you know, everything had, we had gotten to a place where that everything was so good with him. And I had such a strong relationship with him. And who's this new kid who's going to come in and like, mess this whole thing up? And is my kid going to be mad at me and resent me for having this other child? And, you know, like, we finally figured it all out. And now we're going to start this whole process all over again. And I just burst into tears in the bath, just crying, 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 crying about it. And then went to sleep and started having pretty regular contractions. Woke up the next morning for Mother's Day and they kept going. So my husband and my son and I had a picnic in the front yard while having contractions. And I um, called my doula. I said, I think, it's, I think I'm actually in labor now. I think it's time to come over. She goes, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to take my time. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not worried. It's, it's, we're, we're still got time, like, you know, no big deal. So she 
started to head over. I think it took her like like an hour, an hour and a half to come over. Not, not nothing too big. And then we were sitting in my son's playroom and I was building blocks with him and talking with him and I would stop and I'd have a contraction and I'd lean over and I'd moan through it and then, you know, get back to talking with my son. And I go, oh, Julie, I have to tell you the story. I have to tell you. I think I figured out the emotional thing that was keeping me from going into labor. And I told her, I told her the story about how I was just so sad about missing time with my kid. And then I started crying to her. And literally right after I finished that story and like wiped my last tear, I leaned over and went from having like, you know, a 45 second contraction every four minutes or something to like having a minute and a half long, like screaming, so intense contraction. And my two-year-old came over to me and put his hand on my back and held my back while I was having the contraction. And then my water broke. And it was like, I finally let everything go. Um, And I said, okay, I think my water broke. It's time to go to the hospital. Like these are getting closer. It went, it was like, they were starting to speed up. I was like, let's get ready to go. Let's start packing things. And I tried to walk to the bathroom and fell to the ground and was like, whoa, like something is different. This is, this is wild. Like I'm, I was scared, you know, it, it got, it went from like manageable, like contractions, they're not great, but I could deal with them to like, I can't think straight. This is so painful. And so I think I made my way to the bathroom after that next contraction, I reached into feel if I like what was going on and like fingernail in the baby's head was right there. (laughs) So Jolie was like, we need to go to the hospital now. And I said, we're not making it to the hospital. (laughs) And and she was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, doula, not a medical professional. So she's like, we need to call the the EMTs. We need to get someone here. Right. So they call them and I had two more contractions and then was crowning after that. Um, yeah. So I'm in this like 19, my house was built, built in 1940. And I have this like little tiny half bath underneath the stairs that's like smaller than Harry Potter's bedroom (laughs) and Jolie's like somehow standing in there and my husband is off holding my kiddo who's like why is mommy screaming (laughs) and I start pushing because here's the thing about this was the labor that I knew existed out there in the world that when you're ready to push your body, you have no other choice than to push. Like that you don't need anyone to tell you, Hey, it's time to push now. Like you, (laughs) you know what to do. And so my husband started like repeatedly telling me that he loved me. And I very kindly told him to shut the explicit up because that's when you know you're getting close when the f-bombs start dropping (laughs) don't you talk to me Jolie was like rubbing my back I said get your hands off me don't touch me 
and I just was hands and knees. EMT came in after my son's head was out. And in, I think it was three pushes, baby came out. I caught him. Then the EMT who, gosh, gosh, bless them, but they had no idea what they were doing. They were just so yeah, out of their element. No, <laughs> no they, they were like, we're used to car crashes, ma'am. I don't know what this is. And I, oh, at one point he goes, ma'am, just push. And I said, sir, I know that. <laughs> um, Leave me alone. I know yeah. what I'm doing. You just Got sit it. there. <laughs> you just be there. So you know, he takes the baby and I'm like, Hey, can you pass him to me? And he goes, how? And I said, through my legs. Um, <laughs> they, I, I suction bulbed him. I, you know, rubbed him and, and Jolie was like, Holy moly. I was like, I know. And we're just like holding this baby. And they're like, and then it's like, Oh my gosh, what do we do now? Right. Because I had no plan to give birth at home. And I just like by my, I mean, like had Jolie there, but like, no medical professional or no one like just caught this baby. Right. And what are, what are we to do now? And placenta still in, blah, blah, blah. So this is where like, depending on who you ask, it is so interesting guys, how many people have opinions on a birth that has nothing to do with them. So <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> that is, I say it again because like, that is so true. I just can't even. It's, oh it's that fascinating so I depending on who because the, the there was a picture that my doula put up of me from this birth that kind of went like vaguely viral and people you know I, I would have people talking about how irresponsible it was of me to have a back at home and like this was clearly planned by me and my evil witch doula and we you know we were just oh, trying to cheat girl. our system right <laughs> I got called a selfish cow on my YouTube video of my home birth. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. And then Megan, I think the same, the same girl commented on me. Yeah. She attacked my VBAC after two C-section. That man, court mandated cesareans are a good thing. That's what oh. she said on me. Well, and video. I swear she told me like I deserve to go to jail because yeah. I had People my baby out of hospital. Awful. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It is wild. So we had that. And then on the completely other end of the spectrum, there was, so I ended up going to the hospital after I had the baby because I want to make sure everything's okay. It's a VBAC. I don't know if everything's cool with me. I don't know if everything's cool with the baby, the placenta's still in, like, you know, whatever. So I got up and walked myself out of my house carrying my baby still attached to a gurney. So, and that's where my doula took this picture of me getting on there and like my child's, I got him breastfeeding and I'm like lying on this gurney and the sun is bright. It's mother's day. It's like really cool. Right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, this other person was commenting so much on this picture about like how ridiculous it was that I would go to the hospital and how it was the, the patriarchy that has, <laughs> that has made me think that I need medical assistance, blah, 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 blah. So like the point is, is that you can't win. I'm either irresponsible because I had a home birth or irresponsible because I went to the hospital and whatever, you know? Very yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that. <laughs> Especially <Yep>. right now. <laughs> There's like no good choice. So I went, everything was fine and it was good. I went because I had, you know, some, some 
terrorage, right? That needed to get taken care of. But the point is, is that I had this like accidental Mother's Day COVID-19 home birth. And the cool thing was, is that I didn't have to pick between my doula or my husband because everyone was there. And then I got to keep my kids safe and I got to have my baby in this like completely natural way that was so, I didn't even realize how, how much I needed that. Cause I went from having a birth where I had literally zero control and zero knowledge and everyone else just like telling me what to do. And then a birth where I caught my own baby and suction bulbed him and walked out carrying him while the, while he's still attached to me. Like it was just so incredibly empowering. And on Mother's Day, like it was so cool. It was so cool. Pretty special. One that you won't ever forget. That's okay. Specific. Now I've got to ask though, is that yeah. picture the one you attached to your story? Yeah. Okay, so if you want to see the picture, go to her. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I just opened it. Wow. Okay, if you want to see this picture, which trust me, you do, um, <laughs> go to our Facebook or Instagram pages. Just search for the VBAC link and look for her episode picture because, wow, like, wow, this is a really impactful picture. It's pretty cool. I'm glad you shared it. Megan, are you looking at it? No, I actually had just closed out of my thing so I'm going back (laughs) no I'm going back in as soon as you said that I was like I'm going to find out I'm going in I'm going in we are just about out of time but before we wrap up I'm all Megan's looking uh, at the picture oh wow there you go there it is We wow oh I have chills (laughs) I have freaking chills like Oh, like amazing. Look at your legs and like the, the doors, the patio steps. And stuff. I know. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. How awesome is that? <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah we we want to frame it and put it in the bathroom he was born in so we can just like, oh, you know, be like, this was yeah. you. <laughs> well, That's I'm just like, I just like awesome. the look on your face. It's like the stillness and like the peace. Mm-hmm. But then clearly like you just had a baby because of how your legs are in the patio steps and everything. Like it's just, there's so much emotion and power in the picture. Yeah. I love it. It's really good. I'm so glad she caught it. I wasn't even thinking about it. And she just yeah. clipped it and then on my phone. So when I got to the hospital later, I was looking through my phone and there was the picture and I was like, holy moly. <laughs> That's awesome. a good one. Yeah. Well, Megan, do you want to do a really quick review on emotional fear releases? Yeah, I mean... Not not even necessarily fear releases, but just releasing emotions. Yeah, well, so just like you experienced, you know, talking about these things. And you said, you like, it was like I didn't even know, like I didn't even, like I just said it. And it like, it just changed everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we don't think, like you said, no, I'm fine. Like there's, I'm good. I feel good about this. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. But sometimes there's other things. And so I had an experience with a client of mine um, who's actually on the podcast as well. And she's a VBAC after two C-section mom. And she had started a podcast for C-sections, like stories of C-section births, right? Um, She's had two of them. She feels inspired that C-section moms need to be able to share stories as well. And anyway, so she's in labor 
her water breaks and nothing happens. The next day, nothing happens. The next day, nothing happens. I mean, she's contracting on and off here and there. Like It's been three days water broken, right? She's mm-hmm. being monitored very closely by a skilled professional midwife. And she's even doing, she even did dual care um, in a hospital and everything was just going great. And the weird thing is like, she would start contracting, start contracting, start contracting. And then it would kind of just like stop. And then she started contracting again, stop. And we're like, what is going on? And the midwife said that she could feel the tension in her cervix, mm. like actually feel it. Anyway, so she sent her home and everything. And, and she's like, you know, come over, like, you know, just come be with me. And so I was like, okay. So we go over and she is talking a lot about her podcast. And she's like, well, if I have a vaginal birth, then how can I have a podcast for C-sections? Mm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you can absolutely have a podcast for C-section. She's like, yeah, but then they'll probably think I'm not really supportive because I chose to have a V-back. And, like, she started, like, going over what's in her head, right? And I was like, okay, let's hold up. So I got some paper, and we started writing things down. I said, write down all your thoughts. So we wrote them all down, and then we found, like, like we, like, solved them if that makes sense, right? Like Mm -hmm. we solved each of them. And then right after she read them and we solved them, then she burned them right there, like hands and knees. She burned them in this pot on her floor, her and her mom and I, and we were all just gathered around her. And it was so interesting after each piece of paper that she burned, like her contraction would pick up and like, Mm -hmm. not just like happen, like intensity, right? And so after we processed all of this, it really like, seriously did a big difference and she went on and she totally rocked her v back after two c-sections with like after like five days of labor but there was a lot that she needed to let go emotionally and physically to allow this baby to come and i just think it's so important i also had an experience myself and there's actually a picture of my midwife hugging me and like talking to me and she's like you've got to get out of your head you're going to be okay like, stop doubting yourself. And she's kept saying, stop dueling yourself. Stop, like, hmm. telling, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, like, so I just, like, kind of, like, got out of that space and things changed. And just like you, you know, you you process this thing that you weren't super, like, thinking about all the time. But you obviously, it was there. Your subconscious was thinking about this. And then it changed everything. So I think that the more you can work through things, fear release, before you enter birth, the better, but know that it's okay to work through it during labor too. Like okay. it's okay to stop, let labor go. If that makes sense, you know, like let it just be and then process what's going on. Talk about it. And that's another reason why it's so important to have people in your birth space that you trust and you can discuss and talk about. Cause once you discuss this and you, you said it out loud to the point where someone was listening, boom, like, Things went from zero to 90, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, fear release is so big. And we talk about it in our course. And we talk about it with our clients because it's important. And there's tons of ways you can do it. Like I said, you can burn. You can burn them. Julie has a video on our YouTube. Right? It's on YouTube, not Instagram stories. Right? YouTube? Or maybe it's on both. Yeah. Well, I think it's on our Instagram story or IGTV and on our YouTube channel, the smokeless, flameless, fairly, but notice fairly. it's only smokeless if 
you are only burning a small amount of paper because one time we did it in a class in my yep. house and, and the there was six people burning their papers and we totally set up my smoke uh, alarms. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that writing it down in our course. We have like a fear release activity that we do where we kind of, we kind of try to figure out where the stem of the fear is coming from because sometimes there's a lot of static and it seems like it's so much more than it really is. So if we can break it down and find the stem um, or the root, I should say, of the fear, then all the little leaves on the on the fear tree don't seem so big, you know? So yeah, so we actually, don't we have one, a free download? Don't we have a free download, Julie, um, on our blog? I don't think we have the fair release worksheet as a free download. Oh, we don't. Darn it. I was going to say we have one to download, but. But all, you, I mean, you don't have, it doesn't have to be anything formal. You can just write down your feelings. Yeah. Your, just write down all of the things that are on your mind. Just write and write and write and write. And it doesn't have to be perfect writing. It doesn't have to be punctuated correctly. It doesn't even have to be legible. Just write it down on paper. Don't even go back and reread it. Just write it down and then burn it. Or flush it down the toilet, or I mean, probably rip it up into really small pieces for you. That or bury it, or throw it in a river, or or shred it and toss it into the wind, or something to get rid of it. And and there's a a lot of power in doing that. Yeah. So uh, we have some questions I would love to ask you, and I mean, we kind of did just go over maybe what some of the answers would be, but, um, yeah, the first one is what is a secret lesson or something that no one really talks about that you wish that you would have known ahead of time. So, I mean, what we just said pretty much covered that, like you didn't know all these things, but is there anything you'd like to add to that? I think read read the books. It's, it's a happy medium between making yourself crazy by hearing a bunch of different stories that could go wrong and like just understanding the scope and sequence of birth. (laughs) Right. Totally. And then the other question is, is what is your best tip for someone preparing for a VBAC? And we personally love this. (laughs) We personally love this answer that you wrote down, but I love every single one of them. But yeah, what, what would you say? Oh, this uh, listening to the VBAC religiously and uh, the VBAC link religiously. And I can't, Oh, I know how I found you. I have to think about it for a second. Oh yeah. How Um, did you find us? We love, we love learning how people find us. So it, it all just came from a hashtag, right? So I just started getting really into it. I got onto Instagram, started looking up VBAC as a hashtag, and y'all are right up there at the top. Oh, um, boom. And, yeah. <laughs> well, you have all your little your little tips, right? And I was like, who are these people? So I think I started following you and just okay. like reading the stories. And then at some point I saw a picture and it was like, oh, listen to, you know, so-and-so's birth story. So I hopped on over and it was perfect timing with like COVID was happening and there was just like all this time to walk around and listen to podcasts all of a sudden you know Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. so that's that's how it happened but I would say I would say do that and I would say I would say find a book that resonates with you there's lots and lots of different books that give you all kinds of advice and the one that I really loved and worked for me really well was I can't remember who wrote it but it was natural childbirth in the hospital or something to that extent Mm. I can't remember um and and so it talked about to have a a birth without medicine in the hospital and so it was it was really cool 
I'm looking it up right now. Natural, having a natural birth at the hospital. Does that sound? That sounds really, really familiar. Yeah. I think it's um, natural hospital birth or something. That's it? No, I, that's it? natural I hospital birth right here. Best, the best of both worlds by Gab. Let's see. Gabrielle. No, Cynthia Gabrielle. Yes. Natural yes. hospital birth, the best of both worlds, Cynthia Gabrielle. The coolest thing about it is that it's kind of like a workbook in a lot of areas. And so it had you do this thing that was so helpful to me where it had you write down your like dream birth and not like your dream reasonable birth, like your dream if like space and time didn't exist and you could like take into and you could do like fantasy kind of things like, oh, well, here you are in Arizona during the early birth and then when you're transitioning you're here and this music's happening and blah 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 and so I got to write down this like just crazy ridiculous like could never actually happen birth like my ideal birth and through going through that process was able to find things that I could actually take into real life that would be important for me to experience during birth and I thought that was really cool. I love that. I need to read more books. <laughs> I need to read more books and learn. Like, sometimes I'm just like, man, you guys, I swear, I just can't read. We, we all know that you don't like to read by now, I think. And it's okay. You don't have to like to read. That's what podcasts are for. <laughs> I know. I know. I just can't I, do it. But you, know, I but you learn such valuable things. But now I, I, I buy books and I intend to read them. But now I just, by the end of the day, and kids are in bed, I just crash, and I'm like, mm -hmm. Alex, reading's too much work. <laughs> book on tape, book on tape. That's yeah, I do know. listen. Yeah. I do listen to that. And I cycle, so I sometimes will listen to books that way. So it's kind of nice. But yeah, mm -hmm. cool. Any, oh, another thing you added on that was like fitness and good health. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. I'm um, a big advocate for that. I've seen a big difference in my own births oh, because huge. of that. Yeah. It's huge. And I think another, that's one of the like amazing things that, that COVID contributed to it because again, I had all this time now and it happened in this beautiful time in Houston where it actually was like great weather. It was not hot in March when all this started. So I was going on like two hour walks every day with my two-year-old just all around the park. And that was, I think so incredibly important to having a successful VBAC. So I love it. Yep. I, with my first pregnancy, I gained 42 pounds and was like just really swollen and just anyway, I was a hot mess. And then the next one, I like really dialed into nutrition and fitness and all that stuff. And I just, I mean, I still didn't have a, so I didn't have a VBAC with that, but I don't think it was because of anything. I just, I think that my all-around pregnancy and everything was so much better because of where I was at. Yeah, I gained 50 pounds with my first, so I hear you, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. funny. I have people in my neighborhood, they, they didn't see me or they didn't even know me when I was pregnant with my first, and they've seen pictures and they're like, you're like unrecognizable. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I know. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> an Oopa Loopa. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, well, awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. It was awesome talking to you. Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to thevbaclink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. 
Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.